section two of light and peace by padre quadrupani this librivox recording is in the public domain part one exterior practices chapter three prayer who can persevere the whole day in the praise of god i will suggest a help whatsoever thou doest do well and thou hast praised god st augustine on psalm thirty four o what do i suffer interiorly whilst with my mind i consider heavenly things and presently a crowd of carnal thoughts interrupt me as i pray the imitation book three chapter forty eight verse five we ought to love meditation and should make it often on the passion of our divine lord striving above all to derive therefrom fruits of humility patience and charity if you experience great dryness in your meditations or other prayers do not feel distressed and conclude that god has turned his face away from you far from it prayer said with aridity is usually the most meritorious it is quite a common error to confound the value of prayer with its sensible results and the merit acquired with the satisfaction experienced the facility and sweetness you may have in prayer are favours from god and for which you will have to account to him hence the result is not merit but debt the very fact that we derive less gratification from such prayer makes it all the more pleasing to god because we are thus suffering for love of him let us call to mind at such times that our lord prayed without consolation throughout his bitter agony all this trouble comes from self-love and from the good opinion we have of ourselves if our hearts do not melt with tenderness if we have no relish or sensible feeling in prayer if we do not enjoy great interior sweetness during meditation we are at once overwhelmed with sadness if we find difficulty in doing good if some obstacle is opposed to our pious designs we give way to disquietude and are eager to conquer all this and to be free from it why undoubtedly because we love consolations our own comfort our own convenience we wish to pray immersed in sweetness and to be virtuous that we may eat sugar and we do not contemplate our saviour jesus christ who prone upon the ground is covered with a sweat of blood caused by the intense conflict he feels interiorly between the repugnances of the inferior portion of his soul and the resolutions of the superior st francis de sales the same teaching is given by another great master of the spiritual life we frequently seek the gratification and consolation of self-love in the testimony we desire to render to ourselves thus we are disturbed about our lack of sensible fervour whereas in reality we never pray so well as when we are tempted to think we are not praying at all we fear to pray badly then but we should fear rather to give way to the vexation of our cowardly nature to a philosophical infidelity which ever wishes to demonstrate to itself its own operations 
in fine to an impatient desire to see and to feel in order to console ourselves there is no penance more bitter than this state of pure faith without sensible support hence i conclude that it is freer than any other from illusion strange temptation to seek impatiently for sensible consolation through fear of not being sufficiently penitent ah oh, why not rather accept as a penance the deprivation of that consolation we are so tempted to seek Fenelon. you will sometimes imagine that at prayer your soul is not in the presence of god and that only your body is in the church like the statues and candelabras that adorn the altars think then that you share with those inanimate objects the honour of serving as ornaments for the house of god and that in the presence of your creator even this humble role should seem glorious to you you tell me that you cannot pray well but what better prayer could there be than to represent to god again and again as you are doing your nothingness and misery the most touching appeal beggars can make is merely to expose to us their deformities and necessities but there are times when you cannot even do this much you say and that you remain there like a statue well even that is better than nothing kings and princes have statues in their palaces for no other purpose than that they may take pleasure in looking at them be satisfied then to fulfil the same office in the presence of god and when it so pleases him he will animate the statue st francis de sales when you have not consciously or voluntarily yielded to distractions do not stop to find what may have been their cause or to discover if you have in any way given occasion to them this would be simply to weary and disquiet yourself unprofitably from whatever direction they come you can convert them into a source of merit by casting yourself into the arms of the divine mercy st francis de sales when asked how he prayed replied i cannot say it too often i receive peacefully whatever the lord sends me if he consoles me i kiss the right hand of his mercy if i am dry and distracted i kiss the left hand of his justice this method is the only good one for as the same saint says he who truly loves prayer loves it for the love of god and he who loves it for the love of god wishes to experience in it naught but what god is pleased to send him now whatever you may experience in prayer is precisely what god wills st francis de sales teaches us that merely to keep ourselves peacefully and tranquilly in the presence of god without other desire or pretension than to be near him and to please him is of itself an excellent prayer do not exhaust yourself he says in making efforts to speak to your dear master for you are speaking to him by the sole fact that you remain there and contemplate him remember that the graces and favours of prayer do not come from earth but from heaven and therefore that no effort of ours can acquire them 
although it is true we must dispose ourselves for their reception diligently yet withal humbly and tranquilly we ought to keep our hearts wide open and await the blessed dew from heaven the following consideration should never be forgotten when we go to prayer namely that we draw near to god and place ourselves in his presence principally for two reasons the first is to render to god the honour and the homage we owe him and this can be done without god speaking to us or we to him for the duty is fulfilled by acknowledging that he is our creator and we are his vile creatures and by remaining before him prostrate in spirit awaiting his commands the second reason is to speak to god and to listen to him when he speaks to us by his inspirations and the interior movements of grace now one or the other of these two advantages can never fail to be derived from prayer if then we can speak to our lord let us do so in praise and supplication if we are unable to speak let us remain in his presence notwithstanding offering him our silent homage he will see us there our patience will touch him and our silence will plead with him and win his favour another time to our utter astonishment he will take us by the hand and converse with us and make a hundred turns with us in his garden of prayer and even should he never do this still let us be content to know it is our duty to be in his retinue and that it is a great favour and a greater honour for us that he suffers us in his presence in this way we do not force ourselves to speak to god for we know that merely to remain close to him is as useful nay perhaps more useful to us though it may be less to our liking therefore when you draw near to our lord speak to him if you can if you cannot stay there let him see you and do not be anxious about anything else take courage then tell your saviour you will not leave him even should he never grant you any sensible sweetness tell him that you will remain before him until he has given you his blessing st francis de sales the same saint gives further valuable advice as follows many persons fail to make a distinction between the presence of god in their souls and the consciousness of this adorable presence between faith and the sensible feeling of faith this shows a great want of discernment when they do not realize god's presence dwelling within them they suppose he has withdrawn himself through some fault of theirs this is an ignorant and hurtful error a man who endures martyrdom for the love of god does not think actually and exclusively of god but much of his own sufferings and yet the absence of this feeling of faith does not deprive him of the great merit due to his faith and the resolutions it caused him to make and to keep your vocal prayers should be few in number but said with great fervour the strength derived from food does not depend upon the quantity taken but upon its being well digested 
far better one our father or one psalm said with devout attention than entire rosaries and long offices recited hurriedly and with restless eagerness if you feel whilst saying vocal prayers those not of obligation that god invites you to meditate gently and promptly follow this divine impulse you may be sure that in doing so you make an exchange most profitable to yourself and agreeable to god from whom the inspiration comes prepare yourself for prayer by peaceful recollection and begin it without agitation or uneasiness st francis de sales has this to say on the subject some little time before you are going to pray calm and compose your heart and be hopeful of doing well for if you begin without hope and already devoid of relish you will find it difficult to regain an appetite the disquiet you experience in prayer accompanied by great eagerness to discover some object that can fix and satisfy your thoughts is of itself sufficient to prevent you from finding what you seek when a thing is searched for with too great eagerness one may have his hands or his eyes almost upon it a hundred times and yet fail to perceive it this vain and useless anxiety in regard to prayer can result in nothing but weariness of mind and this in turn produces coldness and apathy in your soul be careful not to overburden yourself with too many prayers either mental or vocal as soon as you feel uncontrollable weariness or distaste postpone your prayers if possible and seek relief in some pleasant pastime or conversation or in any other innocent diversion this advice is given by st thomas and other learned fathers of the church and is of the utmost importance follow it conscientiously for lassitude of mind begets coldness and a kind of spiritual stupor never repeat a prayer even should you have said it with many distractions you cannot imagine the innumerable difficulties in which you may become entangled by the habit of repeating your prayers therefore i beg of you not to do it in saint ignatius's time there was a certain religious of the society of jesus who was a victim of this kind of scruple the recital of the daily office always kept him much longer than was necessary because he would repeat again and again and for hours at a time any passage that he suspected had not been said with sufficient attention st ignatius tried to correct him by various means but in vain at length the thought occurred that one scruple might be cured by another he therefore commanded the poor jesuit under pain of sin and in virtue of religious obedience to close his breviary every day at the end of a specified time this being just enough to allow him to read the office through once and rather quickly the first day the religious was obliged to stop before he had half finished this caused him such intense regret that ere long the fear of not being able to say the entire office made him contract the habit of finishing it within the allotted time begin your prayer with a desire of being very recollected 
this is all that is necessary a desire has the same value in the sight of god as a good work says st gregory the great when the accomplishment of it does not depend upon our will during these involuntary distractions god withdraws the sensible feeling of his presence but his love remains in the depths of our hearts st teresa in the midst of dryness and distractions was wont to say if i am not praying i am at least doing penance i should say you are doing both the one and the other you do penance by all that you are suffering you pray by the desire and intention you have to do so you should never repeat a prayer nor a point in your meditation even if you have had in the inferior portion of your soul ideas and feelings at variance with the words pronounced by your lips or with the sentiments you wish to excite in your heart nay do not be induced to do it even were these ideas and feelings injurious to god under such conditions be careful not to give way to anxiety and agitation and do not try to make reparation for an imaginary offence continue your prayer in peace as if nothing had disturbed it not taking the trouble to notice these dogs that come from the devil and that can bark around you while you pray in order to distract you if may be but that cannot bite you unless you let them this temptation should be treated exactly the same as temptations of the flesh do not dispute with it at all rather imitate the children of israel who make no attempt to break the bones of the paschal lamb but cast them into the fire you need not answer the enemy nor even pretend to hear what he says let the wretch clamber at the door as much as he wants to it is not even necessary to call who is there what you tell me is no doubt true you say but he annoys me and the uproar he makes prevents those within from hearing one another speak that makes no difference have patience prostrate yourself before god and remain at his feet he will understand from your very attitude although you utter no words that you are his and that you crave his help above all however keep yourself well within and do not on any account open the door either to see who it is or to drive the importunate fellow away eventually he will tire of shouting and will leave you in peace st augustine says that the devil is a formidable giant to those who fear him but only a miserable dwarf to those who despise him should it happen that the whole time given to prayer be passed in rejecting temptations or in recalling your mind from its wanderings and you do not succeed in giving birth to a single devout thought or sentiment st francis de sales is authority for saying that your prayer is nevertheless all the more meritorious from the fact of its being so unsatisfactory to you it makes you more like to our divine lord when he prayed in the garden of gethsemane and on mount calvary better to eat bread without sugar than sugar without bread we should seek the god of consolations not the consolations of god 
and in order to possess god in heaven we must now suffer with him and for him when your mind wanders or gives way to distractions gently recall it and place it once more close to its divine master if you should do nothing else but repeat this during the whole time of prayer your hour would be very well spent and you would perform a spiritual exercise most acceptable to god st francis de sales it is well to bear in mind that in commanding us to pray always our saviour did not mean actual prayer as that would be an impossibility the desire to glorify god by all our actions suffices for the rigorous fulfilment of this precept if this desire be habitual and permanent you pray often says st augustine if you often have a desire to pay homage to god by your actions you pray always if you always have this desire no matter how you may be otherwise employed need we be surprised that st augustine often assures us that the whole christian life is but one long continual tending of our hearts towards that eternal justice for which we sigh here below our only happiness consists in ever thirsting for it and this thirst is in itself a prayer consequently if we always desire this justice we pray always do not think it necessary to pronounce a great many words and to struggle much with oneself in order to pray to pray is to ask god that his will may be done to form some good desire to raise the heart to god to long for the riches he promises us to sigh over our miseries and the danger we are in of displeasing him by violating his holy law now this requires neither science nor method nor reasoning one can pray without any distinct thought no headwork is necessary only a moment of time and a loving effusion of the heart are needed and even this moment may be simultaneously occupied with something else for so great is god's condescension to our weakness that he permits us to divide it when necessary between him and creatures yes during this moment you can continue what you were doing it is sufficient to offer to god your most ordinary occupations or to perform them with the general intention of glorifying him this is the continual prayer required by st paul thought by many devout persons to be impracticable but in reality very easy for those who know that the best of all prayers is to do everything with a pure intention and frequently to renew the desire to perform all our actions for god and in accordance with his divine will fenelon you should never omit or neglect the duties of your state of life in order to say certain self-imposed prayers these duties are a substitute for prayers and are equally efficacious st thomas teaches for obtaining the graces you stand in need of and which are promised to those who ask them properly it is even more meritorious to perform some work for the love of god to whom we offer it 
than merely to raise the soul to him by actual prayer every person is bound to observe strictly the duties of his particular calling whoever fails to do this although he should raise the dead to life is guilty of sin and should the sin be grave deserves damnation if he die therein for example bishops are obliged to make a visitation of their diocese in order to console and instruct their flock and to rectify whatever may be amiss if i a bishop neglect this duty i shall be lost even though i spend my entire time in prayer and fast all my life st francis de sales make frequent use of the prayers called ejaculations which are short and loving aspirations that raise the soul to its creator according to st francis de sales ejaculations can in case of necessity replace all other prayers whereas all other prayers cannot supply for the omission of ejaculations acquire the habit of making frequent ejaculations they are sighs of love that dart upwards to god to sue for his aid and succour it will greatly facilitate this custom if you keep in mind the point of your morning's meditation that you like best and ponder it over during the day in sickness let pious ejaculations take the place of all other prayers st francis de sales ejaculatory prayers can be made at all times wherever we are or whatever we may be doing they might be compared to those aromatic pastilles which we may always have about us and take from time to time to strengthen the stomach and please the palate ejaculations have a like effect on the soul by refreshing and fortifying it the monks of old of whom st augustine speaks could not say long prayers obliged as they were to earn their bread by daily toil ejaculatory prayers therefore took the place of all others for them and it may be said that although labouring unceasingly they prayed continually i cannot too earnestly urge you to accustom yourself to the profitable and easy practice of making frequent ejaculations it is far preferable to saying many other vocal prayers for these when too numerous are apt to employ the lips only rather than to reanimate and enlighten the soul st teresa's opinion is that the body should be in a comfortable position when we pray as otherwise it is difficult for the mind to pay the proper attention to prayer and to the presence of god do not then fatigue your body by remaining too long prostrate or kneeling the important thing is that the soul should humble itself before god in sentiments of respect confidence and love read chapter thirteen part two of the introduction to a devout life chapter four penance a sacrifice to god is an afflicted spirit a contrite and humble heart o god thou wilt not despise psalm fifty verse nineteen according to the teaching of st thomas there are three ways of doing penance namely fasting prayer and alms deeds either corporal or spiritual 
therefore you must not suppose you are prevented from doing penance when not allowed to subject your body to severe fasts and painful mortifications the other two penitential works prayer and almsgiving can in this case take the place of corporal austerities in the fulfilment of the christian duty of penance observe also that it is not in accordance with the spirit of the laws of god and of his church which prescribe fasting to injure your health thereby nor to hinder the accomplishment of the duties of your state of life labor sickness disappointments reverse of fortune dryness in prayer all these when accepted with resignation are penitential works such too as are the more agreeable to god from their being so distasteful to ourselves all virtues may be divided into two great classes active and passive the characteristic of the active virtues is to do good of the passive to endure evil now the virtues of the second class are more meritorious and less perilous in the active virtues nature can have a large share and a dangerous self-complacency or satisfaction in their effects may easily glide into them this danger is less to be feared in the practice of the passive virtues especially when the sufferings are not of our own choosing but come to us direct from the hand of god st jerome teaches that when the devil cannot turn a soul away from the love of virtue he tries to urge it to excessive mortification in order that it may thus become exhausted and lose the vigour indispensable to its spiritual progress numbers of devout people have fallen into this snare i charge you says st francis de sales to preserve your health carefully for god exacts this of you and to husband your strength so as to employ it in his service it is even better to save more than the requisite amount of strength than to reduce it too much for we can always lessen it at will whereas once lost it is no easy matter to regain it therefore give your body the nourishment it needs to maintain its strength and health we learn from cassian and st thomas that in a celebrated conference held by the holy abbot st anthony with the most learned religious of egypt it was decided that of all virtues moderation is the most useful as it guards and preserves all the others it is owing to the lack of this essential moderation in their devotional exercises and mortifications that many persons whilst seeking holiness find only ill health as a consequence they eventually abandon the path of perfection judging it impracticable because they have attempted to walk in it bound with fetters st augustine makes the following apt comparison which you can look upon as a good rule in this matter the body is a poor invalid confined to the charity of the soul the soul being commissioned to give it such assistance as it requires hunger thirst fatigue are its habitual ailments let the soul then charitably apply to them the needful remedies provided these be always within the bounds of moderation and prudence 
he who acts in this way fulfils a duty of obedience to his creator from these various opinions it is easy to see how false are certain maxims met with in some ascetical works for example that it is of small consequence if one should shorten his life by ten or fifteen years in order to save his soul if this were true a much surer way would be to secure a still speedier death and see to what that would lead no it is not permissible in ordinary practice to impose upon ourselves arbitrarily any kind of mortification that would directly tend to shorten life to kill one's self with a single blow says st jerome or to kill one's self little by little i make but slight distinction between these two crimes life health and strength are blessings that have been given us in trust and we cannot lawfully dispose of them as though they belonged to us absolutely the example of those saints who practised extraordinary penances deserves our sincere admiration but it is not in these exterior acts that we should try to imitate them to do this would necessitate being as holy as they were duplicate their miracles also then if you can if we had to copy the saints in everything they did says st francis de chantal it would be necessary to spend our life in a horrible cave like st john climacus or on top of a pillar as st simon stylites did to live several weeks without other nourishment than the holy eucharist like st catherine of siena or to eat but a single ounce of food each day as st aloysius did aspirations to imitate the saints in what is extraordinary are the effect of secret pride and not of genuine virtue the french translator of these instructions had a conversation in rome with the learned and pious jesuit rev father rosevin on this subject speaking of the extraordinary fasts and mortifications of st ignatius father rosevin said do not let us confound cause and effect it is not because he did these things that ignatius became a saint on the contrary it is because he was already a saint that it was possible and permissible for him to do them in truth every act that exceeds human strength is an act of presumption unless it be the result of a special inspiration and the church approves it only if she recognizes this divine impulse which alone can authorize a deviation from the general rule it is owing to such an exception that she venerates among those who suffered for the faith st theodora st pomposa st flora and st denis notwithstanding the fact that they violated the law which forbids any one to seek martyrdom the same spirit influenced her in sanctioning the voluntary death of samson and of st apollonia who might be called pious suicides were it allowable to connect two such contradictory words read chapter twenty three part three of the introduction to a devout life end of section two